is the Come Read With Me Podcast. Welcome to Come Read With Me, the Book of Mormon, episode number 17. Welcome back in, everybody, to Come Read With Me, the Book of Mormon. Today, we are excited to keep reading in 1 Nephi chapter 19. I feel like we're hitting a pivot point in First Nephi, and I'm excited to get to it. I'll give a quick recap of where we're at. Dave's going to hit us with the chapter today. So quick recap. Like I said, pivot point for the family. Nephi is with his family. Lehi, of course, leading his family out of Jerusalem early on. They have been in the wilderness ever since. Eight years they wandered in the wilderness before they reached the land of Bountiful. They experienced many trials, many hardships, many miracles at the same time. The ball of curious workmanship, the Leahona that guided them through the wilderness the instructions on how to build a ship that could navigate an ocean, and now they have in fact traversed an ocean and reached the promised land that was promised to Lehi and his family all those years ago. And now we get to find out what happens to them next. In the last chapter, we discovered they got there. They found a land that was bountiful and full of many great things, including all the plants and animals that they might need. They planted all of their seeds. They found metal. And now we're going to find out why the copper and silver and gold that they found is important. And Dave, take us away. All right, let's jump in. First Nephi chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that the Lord commanded me, wherefore I did make plates of ore that I might engraven upon them the record of my people. And upon the plates which I made, I did engraven the record of my father and also our journeyings in the wilderness and the prophecies of my father and also many of mine own prophecies have I engraven upon them. And I knew not at the time when I made them that I should be commanded of the Lord to make these plates. Wherefore, the record of my father and the genealogy of his fathers and the more part of all our proceedings in the wilderness are engraven upon those first plates of which I have spoken. Wherefore, the things which transpired before I made these plates are, of a truth, more particularly made mention upon the first plates." And after I had made these plates by way of commandment, I, Nephi, received a commandment that the ministry and the prophecies, the more plain and precious parts of them, should be written upon these plates, and that the things which were written should be kept for the instruction of my people, who should possess the land, and also for otherwise purposes, which purposes are known unto the Lord. Wherefore, I, Nephi, did make a record upon the other plates, which gives an account or which gives a greater account of the wars and contentions and destructions of my people. And this have I done, and commanded my people what they should do after I was gone, and that these plates should be handed down from one generation to another, or from one prophet to another, until further commandments of the Lord. And an account of my making these plates shall be given hereafter, and then, behold, I proceed according to that which I have spoken." And this I do, that the more sacred things may be kept for the knowledge of my people. Nevertheless, I do not write anything upon plates, save it be that I think it be sacred. And now, if I do err, even did they err of old. Not that I would excuse myself because of other men, but because of the weakness which is in me, according to the flesh, I would excuse myself." All right, real quick, I just want to make sure this is clear for people who might not remember when we did a quick overview early in the Book of Mormon about the plates 
that are being translated here. So he keeps referring to these plates and the other plates. And what he's referring to are the large plates of Nephi and the small plates of yep. Nephi. Um, so the large plates of Nephi include many generations written by many different prophets, a complete history of the Nephite people. And that is, again, like he said here, the more greater part of everything that happened was written in those larger plates. After having written those plates, he was then commanded to go back and make sort of a summary, a spiritual summary, sort of a quick cliff notes of, hey, write that again, but focus just on the most spiritual, spiritual. and important parts of it. Those large plates were, were what we would consider like a history book, the secular history, the worldly history, but whereas the small plates of Nephi were more of the spiritual or religious side of the things that had transpired years before. Absolutely. And so one of the things that's great here is what we're getting is sort of that quick hit, the most important and most spiritual parts of this. Um, The large plates of Nephi pick up. um, Actually, after we get through the small plates of Nephi, the remainder of this is sort of an abridgment of the large plates of Nephi and other things as well. So just wanted to kind of make sure that was clear for everybody. If you hadn't remembered back to those original episodes. And, And just one more thing, Eric. As you had pointed out, that Nephi is writing these plates, writing this account on metal plates in retrospect. These things have happened. Yes, He's not yes. writing them as they occur. He's referring back to times in history and and writing them. Yes, absolutely. And if you are looking forward in your Book of Mormon and kind of wondering, okay, these small plates of Nephi, I see first Nephi is one book in here. I see second Nephi is another book in here. In fact, these small plates of Nephi are handed down through generations through the book of Omni. And then when you get to words of Mormon, that's sort of the transition point between the small plates of Nephi that Nephi wrote. This is this is directly from Nephi's hand. This isn't even abridged. The words we're reading are exactly as Nephi wrote them. And then Mormon begins abridging other records, which then makes up the remainder of the book of Mormon. So I just want to make sure that was clear, what we're reading and when we can expect to uh, to see the other side of it. Perfect. One more thing I'll add to our listeners. If you do want to know more or learn more about that, if you turn to the first page of First Nephi chapter 1, the page preceding that says it has a brief explanation about the Book of Mormon, and it talks about the plates of Nephi, plates of Mormon, plates of ether, plates of brass, and plates of brass, and breaks it down there. So anyhow, Beautiful. if you want to learn more, you go go there. Okay, let's jump back in in verse 7. For the things which some men esteem to be of great worth, both to the body and soul, others set it not, and trample under their feet. Yea, even the very God of Israel do men trample under their feet. I say, trample under their feet, because I would speak in other words, they set him at naught, and hearken not to the voice of his counsels. And behold, he cometh, according to the words of the angel, in six hundred years from the time my father left Jerusalem. And the world, because of their iniquity, shall judge him to be a thing of naught. Wherefore, they scourge him, and he suffereth it. And they smite him, and he suffereth it. Yea, they spit upon him, and he suffereth it. Because of his loving kindness and his long suffering toward the children of men. And the God of our fathers, who were led out of Egypt, out of bondage, and also were preserved in the wilderness by him, Yea, the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, yieldeth himself, according to the words of the angel, as a man, into the hands of wicked men, to be lifted up, according to the words of Zenoch, and to be crucified, according to the words of Nahum. 
and to be buried in a sepulcher, according to the words of Zenos, which he spake concerning the three days of darkness, which should be a sign given of his death unto those who should inhabit the isles of the sea, more especially given unto those who are of the house of Israel. All right, so Nephi jumps back in and starts talking about some of the things that he sees, and there's a few important parts I want to point out. In verse 8, Nephi's talking about he will come 600 years after they had left Jerusalem. Let's be clear, Nephi is talking about Jesus Christ. Yes. When he will be born, come to the earth, live in Jerusalem. That all, and it's kind of neat that Nephi sees that in in looking into the future, that the, the Lord Jesus Christ will come 600 years from the time that Lehi and his family left Jerusalem. And to make a point of these visions had been recounted previously when he had an angel showing him the, you know, the actual condescension of, of you know, do you understand the condescension of God yeah. and seeing Christ being born of a virgin and Christ being crucified and all of those things were played out to him in a vision that was explained earlier on. So that's how he knows this. Uh, but yeah, in verse seven, it says, yea, even the very God of Israel do men trample under their feet and set him at naught and then talks about him coming in 600 years. So yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Uh, one other thing I want to point out, verse 10, we're introduced to the names of of a few other prophets. And as Nephi is recording his words, he says, according to the words of Zenic, according to the words of Nahum, according to the words of Zenos. So these are writings of other prophets. And it's just interesting to me that all prophets have something in common, and that is they testify of Jesus Christ, whether that he will come or that he has come. That's their role and their vision is is to, their calling is to testify of Jesus Christ. All right, jumping back in in verse 11. For thus spake the prophet, the Lord God surely shall visit all the house of Israel at that day, some with his voice because of their righteousness, unto their great joy and salvation, and others with the thunderings and the lightnings of his power, by tempest, by fire, by smoke, and vapor of darkness, and by the opening of the earth, and by mountains which shall be carried up. And all these things must surely come, saith the prophet Zenos. And the rocks of the earth must rend, and because of the groanings of the earth, many of the kings of the isles of the sea shall be wrought upon by the Spirit of God. To exclaim, The God of nature suffers. And as for those who are at Jerusalem, saith the prophet, they shall be scourged by all people, because they crucify the God of Israel and turn their hearts aside, rejecting signs and wonders, and the power and glory of the God of Israel. And because they turn their hearts aside, saith the prophet, and have despised the Holy One of Israel, they shall wander in the flesh and perish, and become a hiss and a byword, and be hated among all nations. Nevertheless, when that day cometh, saith the prophet, that they no more turn aside their hearts against the Holy One of Israel, Then will he remember the covenants which he made to their fathers. Yea, then he will remember the isles of the sea. Yea, and all the people who are of the house of Israel will I gather in, saith the Lord, according to the words of the prophet Zenos from the four quarters of the earth. Yea, and all the earth shall see the salvation of the Lord, saith the prophet. Every nation, kindred, tongue, and people shall be blessed. And I, Nephi, have written these things unto my people, that perhaps I might persuade them that they would remember the Lord their Redeemer. Wherefore, I speak unto all the house of Israel, if it so be that they should obtain these things. For behold, I have workings in the Spirit, which doth weary me, even that all my joints are weak, for those who are at Jerusalem, 
For had not the Lord been merciful to show unto me concerning them, even as he had prophets of old, I should have perished also. And he surely did show unto the prophets of old all things concerning them. And also he did show unto many concerning us. Wherefore it must needs be that we know concerning them, for they are written upon the plates of brass. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did teach my brethren these things. And it came to pass that I did read many things to them, which were engraven upon the plates of brass, that they might know concerning the doings of the Lord in other lands, among people of old. And I did read many things unto them, which were written in the books of Moses. But that I might more fully persuade them to believe in the Lord their Redeemer, I did read unto them that which was written by the prophet Isaiah. For I did liken all scriptures unto us, that it might be for our profit and learning. Wherefore I spake unto them, saying, Hear ye the words of the prophet, ye who are a remnant of the house of Israel, a branch who have been broken off. Hear ye the words of the prophet, which were written unto all the house of Israel, and liken them unto yourselves, that ye may have hope as well as your brethren, from whom ye have been broken off. For after this manner has the prophet written. All right, some cool stuff at the end there. He starts talking about Isaiah, and he starts talking about the likening the scriptures unto themselves. And this is, I think, one of those scriptures that you hear quoted very often in the church, and one that I think is powerful because it is a direct invitation directly to you. It says, Hear ye the words of the prophet, ye who are a remnant of the house of Israel, a branch who have been broken off. That's you. That's me. That's all of us. Yeah. This is all of us because we can all be part of the Lord's covenant people. We have just been broken off, many of us, and need to come unto repentance and come unto the Lord. And this is all of us who can then hear the words of the prophets, liken them unto ourselves. I don't know about you. I've never spent eight years wandering in the wilderness. I hope not to. But you know what I can do? I can read these scriptures and I can liken these scriptures unto the experiences I do have of other things that I've struggled with for eight years or more, other sins that I'm trying to overcome, other hardships that I've had. And I can relate all of this to my own life in some way or form. And in some way, all of the Lord's miracles and prophecies that have taken place here, I know those same things can take place in my life with the journeys that I'm on, with the struggles that I have. And we may have talked about this earlier when we hear that phrase, liken the scriptures unto us. That means apply them. Yes. Apply them to ourselves learn from the lessons of others. You know, that that's just something that we need to remember that likening them unto us means that we need to apply them and take their teachings. Absolutely. Another thing I like in this, or earlier in what you just read in verse 18, he's talking to the rem- remnant of his people that perhaps I might persuade them that they would remember the Lord, their Redeemer. Now, if we hearken back again to some of those visions that Nephi had earlier on, Nephi knows the end from the beginning when it comes to his people and his descendants. And yet, here he is still trying. He's still he's still hoping that those people will be able to read something that can turn them and turn them back to Jesus Christ. I think one of the things that's important to know is that nothing is predetermined. Yeah, I was just going to touch on this. Keep going. We are not for, you know, we are not predestined, predestined for sin or for righteousness. We are agents unto ourselves when it comes to our own agency. <laughs> We are agents unto ourselves when it comes to our own agency of whether or not we are going to go to Jesus Christ or whether or not we're going to accept his atonement. And so nothing is foreordained. Just because he's been shown that that this will eventually happen doesn't mean that for any one of those individuals, they couldn't make a different choice. And I think that's what he's still trying to do here. Now, apply that to us. Let's liken that unto us. 
How many of you out there are parents and can think about a time when you've seen your kids and think, man, I can see the end from the beginning here. If you stay on this path and continue to do what you're doing, one, you're going to be a rock star. You're going to be super successful. Nothing's going to deter you from whatever. Or two, it's just going to be miserable. You're going to have a lot of unnecessary hurt and pain in your life. You as a parent have the ability to see the end from the beginning. Now, does that mean that your child is destined to have that end and it all hope is lost? Absolutely not. You know, Absolutely I think not. I think the choice is if you continue with the way that your path is, then yes, that will be the end result. But it is never too late, ever, never too late to make slight adjustments and changes. And so we just need to remember that Nephi saw his people and his posterity eventually come to destruction. But that does not mean that he stopped trying and that individuals and civilizations and communities couldn't make those small changes along the way. Absolutely. And that's an important part. Another thing I love in what you just read is he's talking a lot about the prophecies that have taken place here. He's talking about when Jesus comes. He's talking about when Jesus is crucified in the three days of darkness. And then he also talks about the house of Israel and how they've rejected Jesus Christ, how they become a hiss and a byword. And then he says something really important in verse 15. He says, when they no more turn aside their hearts against the Holy One of Israel, then he will remember the covenant which he made to their fathers. Now, what this is saying is that eventually the people, the covenant people of Israel will accept Jesus as their savior. This is an important prophecy saying that the Jewish people will eventually come to understand who Jesus Christ is and accept him as their savior and be brought into the fold. And then it says that he'll gather all of those that have been spread on the isles of the sea and bring them all into the fold of Israel. And this is all those scattered tribes of Israel that have been scattered for generations upon generations and thousands of years of time will be brought into the fold and reminded of who they are and that they are in fact the covenant people of Israel along with all of us who can take those covenants with us. Yep. That's awesome. Great insight there. Okay. Then we are done with this chapter, but Dave, any final takeaways? Yeah. Thanks for asking, Eric. I think final takeaways would be one, the remind a reminder to me about the role of prophets, Lehi, Nephi, they all testified of Christ. Nephi names a few other prophets of the Book of Mormon, Zenoch, Nahum, Zenos, who also had that same role to testify of Jesus Christ. Um, another takeaway is, regardless of how many times we turn away from Christ, as soon as we are ready and we turn toward him, he's ready to receive us. Um, in verse 11, it talks about, surely the Lord God shall visit all the house of Israel that day. Some he'll visit with his voice because of their righteousness unto their great joy and salvation. So the righteous like welcome the voice of Christ. They love it. They're, they, they're happy about it. But those who will not hear the voice of God doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. God will still visit them, but it will be with thunderings and lightnings to manifest his power by tempest, by fire, smoke, vapor of darkness, etc. The Lord God is real. He's there. I prefer to try and strive to hear his voice and have it be a rejoiceful, happy thing rather than the fear of God. You know, we hear that phrase, you put the fear of God on someone when we realize that we are nothing compared to the power of God. I love it. I love it. And thank you for pointing that out. What about you? What are your takeaways? My takeaway, I think, comes from verse seven in this chapter. And he's talking about how, yea, even the very God of Israel do men trample under their feet. And then he says, they set him at naught and and listen not to his counsels. I think this is something that is something we can all struggle with from time to time, that all of us, 
I certainly would would hope I'm not trampling anything under my feet, but but I think there are times where I am too busy or preoccupied or otherwise, you know, emotional or angry or upset or in some other way preoccupied with my own emotions or thoughts and set the counsels of the Lord at naught and not acting in Christ-like ways and not following his example and not following what he's directed us and commanded us to be in this life. And then I love what it follows up with here where it says, because of his loving kindness and his long suffering towards the children of men, that this is Jesus who will be long suffering with us, that as we have those times in our life where we're otherwise too busy or preoccupied or or emotionally compromised and setting the Lord at naught, which we ought not to do, <laughs> um, that he's still there for us and will be long-suffering and patient with us. And that's something that I think we all need to remember with ourselves, that we can be forgiving with ourselves as the Lord is in fact forgiving to us, towards us, yeah. um, and something that we all need to, to remember. As we turn to seek the Savior, the Savior will be there for us every time. I don't care how long you've stepped away from it. I don't care what you've done in the meantime. If you turn towards the Savior, the Savior is there for you. That's my takeaway. Great. And w- one reminder here, that's my takeaway. That's Eric's takeaway. What is your takeaway? You know, I, I hope that as you've been listening to these episodes, certainly you've become more familiar with the Book of Mormon, and hopefully you're understanding it a little bit better. The thoughts that Eric and I have are, are beneficial to you. But I would invite you to just take a moment and think, what does this mean to me? How can I liken this to me or apply this to me? Or what are my takeaways from this? And it's pretty insightful. I promise you that the Lord will speak to you. Absolutely. And if that's anything any of you would like to share, please do reach out. We'd love to hear it. Come read with me, the Book of Mormon at gmail.com is our email address. Um, Reach out. We'd love to hear it. We are going to be doing a recap episode at the end of 1 Nephi, where perhaps we can share a couple of those insights that have been shared with us. And uh, please do reach out if you have an opportunity. Okay, we will wrap it up there. Thank you for listening. Join us again next time as we continue reading the Book of Mormon together. Quick disclaimer here, this podcast is not produced by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Everything expressed in this podcast is the opinion of the people making it, and it is not endorsed by the church or its leaders. Everything in this podcast is intended to promote faith in Jesus Christ by helping you understand the Book of Mormon. Please listen to this podcast with an open heart and pray for guidance from the Lord as you continue reading the Book of Mormon. Thank you for listening.